today, well, Sally's going to give us a little bit more to dream about for our holiday planning. Some places you might not have thought of going to. We'll be exploring those plus the hot deals, and there are some, for the travel industry at the moment. We are talking travel. Now, Sally Lucas We're not travelling interstate very much at the moment, but there are some wonderful things in our own state. Can you perhaps bring the two together? Oh, can I share some? Yes, I can, Jane. And and our own state is a beautiful state, I must say that. And I'm not just saying that because I live here. I mean, I've been to all of them and, you know, we've all got beautiful spots in every state. But, of course, we're very proud of our own, aren't we? We are. And we're saying what we're saying here is if you can't visit a certain attraction, winery, national park, whatever, we'll try and find a comparable one that you can visit in our own state. So, for example, you might say, oh, I really was going to go to South Australia and do the Barossa and McLaren and all this this year. Hey, they're Hunter Valley. That's one of the best vineyard areas, and I say that because it's compact. You can travel very easily between your vineyards, which in a lot of the others, you've got to travel quite a long distance between the certain vineyard areas in South Australia. They're not all just in that one location. So, of course, we have got Upper Hunter as well, which is separate. But, yeah, so that, here we've got wonderful restaurants. And we've, you know, they win hats, you know, Muse, etc. So you've got some beautiful restaurants to go to. You can do your balloon flights. You can go on carriage rides. You, know, you can go on a bike ride. And, you can play golf. You can play golf. You can do anything you like. So there's one. Now, the other one is, you might have been thinking, I really was going to go to Western Australia this year, which of course, yes, so was I. Um, Anyhow, Perth, of course, has like a bit like us in Melbourne. It's really refreshed and really, I guess, um, brightened up their whole downtown area down down towards the river where you get the ferries from. So where it was quite a, you know, a dull and bit old and da-da, it's really tarted up and it's really nice there. And of course, to get on and go down the river or go up the Swan Valley or etc. is a lovely thing to do. Um, But Sydney has got the equivalent. We have got some of the most beautiful areas around the city of Sydney, hidden little bays and coves, lots of lovely ferries that can get you just about anywhere across that wonderful harbour of ours. And, of course, you've got... It's unbelievable how many parks you've got close to the city, you know, whether it's the Heads or whether it's Karingai or whatever, and you've got this Aussie bush that's still so close to our own capital city. Now, instead of the Bungle Bungles, as you said, I want to go to Western Australia. Mungo National Park, we've talked about that before, Jane, and it's quite unique, isn't it, in its formations and the sand dunes. It's astounding. And as I said, because it was where the world's oldest human creation was ever unearthed and where 20,000-year-old human footprints have been found, so it's quite historical as well. Um, And instead of coffin bays off, off, um, coffin bays off, they're not off, oysters, they're oysters and they're not off, you wouldn't want to eat an off (laughs) oyster. But instead of going to Coffin Bay in South Australia... Pambula on the south coast or Marimbula. Even down where our friends live at Batemans Bay, they produce some lovely oysters off the Clyde River. And they're very inexpensive. If you're an oyster lover, I love going down there and trying the oysters. Um, so instead of Coobapedi as well in South Australia, you go to White Cliffs which is another opal mining town in New South Wales. Or Lightning Ridge. Or Lightning Ridge, of course. I mean, I've been there. I haven't been to Whitecliffs, though. Yes, Whitecliffs is also very interesting. All of those opal mining places are just fascinating. But anywhere even out 
outback, if, if you're a camper or even if you're just somewhere where you can be outside at night out of the, a township, you just lie back and look up at this, the sky. It's such a wonderful thing to, to do. And you can do no better than if you went up to Coonabarabran mm-hmm. and that area where you've got Siding Springs and also they've got a Starfest this year in 2020. Um, they've got this, what they call the Dark Side, I think it's called, and Dark Sky Park, sorry, and um, it was designated in 2016 because of its volcanic landscape and unimpeded, uh, um, and unimpeded by artificial light. So you can go there and you, they've actually got a sky park destination that you can go and have a look at that online and find out when you can go there and they, you can do tours or do virtual tours as well. So there's always that you can do as well. The Warren Bungles is a beautiful, some fabulous walks there, really steep one, the Bread Knives one, that's a really steep walk. And, but there's lovely low walks as well if you're not up for the for the steep ones. So look, there's just a few. And I believe the uh, tourist centre has been really redone after recent fires. Yes, of course, they did and suffer that, didn't totally they? totally amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I think designed by someone from Newcastle. We're talking travel. Sally Lucas, we've been enjoying some fairly unexpected destinations uh, for our holiday planning and uh, you've got another one there just now. Yeah, I just thought I'd squeeze another couple in this week. Um, now, we're going to Brazil this time okay. and uh, not to Rio. Well, you can. You can still go to Rio if you so desire, of course, being the main city, but you can go to Petropolis. Now, it's the closest mountain resort to Rio, bordering the Serra dos Orgueos, sorry, National Park. Park, and it's apparently extremely forested with heaps of waterfalls, and it's known as a mountain retreat for Rio residents. And it's only like about an hour or so out of Rio, so it's quite close. And the Imperial Museum there houses some of the most important objects in Brazilian history. So that's really an interesting or good reason to go in itself, apart from getting up into the mountains into some beautiful um, forest as well. Um, so it's got a lot of there in the way of ecotourism and adventure opportunities up there. And of course, as I said, you get to get the cooler weather but they've got some beautiful rich historic architecture up there because like a lot of those days like in bygone days you know same in Portugal and places like this where you go up to the mountain resort that where the the kings or the princes or the emperors whatever they were that was their summer retreat to get out of the heat so they're always interesting when you go to any of these places I find because they do have a lot of history involved in them as well as being usually in these cooler more beautiful areas to visit. So in the centre, the Imperial Museum displays period furnishings in the former palace of the 19th century emperor Dom Pedro II. And nearby to that, you've got a huge um, cathedral, the Sao Pedro Alcantara, which houses the mausoleum of the emperor and his wife as well. So if you're interested in history and beauty, you can include Petropolis when you're on your trip through South America. It's an unusual name, you would think, for Isn't a Portuguese-speaking it? country. Yes, yeah, very. Petropolis, so easy to remember. Yeah, it sounds more Greek to me. It does. Uh, actually, mm. but anyway. Maybe there were some Greeks there. Maybe originally. there was. I didn't Google that. Maybe Mrs. Google can tell someone if they'd like to Google Petropolis and see what the origin of the name was. But um, <laughs> um, And then we're going to move right across the other part of the world, the other side, or sort of the other side for us anyway, where we're sitting here, one way is Brazil and I'm going the other direction, um, which is Antwerp in Belgium. So now it's a port city on the River Skelt and its history, history rather dates back to the Middle Ages. It's about 50 kilometres north of Brussels. Um, you've got medieval streets, Renaissance monuments and of course its reputation can't be um, denied as being one of the best diamond trade centres in the world, and the world's fifth largest port. 
Oh, is that so? So yeah. there you go. That's interesting, isn't it? Obviously, biking as it is in lots of these places is a popular choice for getting around this this old lovely Flemish city. And you can see, see thousands of old masters at the Royal Museum and Ruben's house. Um, now, what is also quite interesting there, they have this cathedral. It's unfinished, a bit like... Um, Gaudi's uh, what in, in um, Barcelona, I'll get it out in a minute, um, and it's called just the Cathedral of Our Lady, and it was started in 1351. Um, so that's interesting in itself, but it's, it was supposed to have another tower, but it only got built halfway up and stopped. So it's a tower and a half. So they've got, instead of having two completely tall turrets, they've only, only got one. Um, but, yes, yeah, so they've got also the Flemish architecture is typified by what they call their Grootmarkt, which is a central square in the old town. And, as I said, the 17th century Rubens House has had some wonderful uh, works of art there on display by the Flemish Baroque painter, Peter Paul Rubens. Now, the actual replacement for that part of the Tower of uh, of the church in Antwerp um, was started in 1352 and it was going to eventually become the largest Gothic church in the Netherlands. Um, but as I said, they, it was gutted by fire at, at one stage and they just never got around to getting enough money or whatever to restore it completely. So it's left with a half a tower. So that's quite interesting as well. But the Finnish spire is 123 metres or 404 feet high. Mm-hmm. It's the highest church tower in the Benelux. And the largest bell on the tower requires 16 bell ringers to ring the bell. Wow, it must be a big one. Yeah, so <laughs> Very heavy. So there you go, Antwerp, somewhere a little bit different to think of if you're travelling in Europe. Talking travel, Sally Lucas, and we can talk travel today, can't we? There are actually some hot deals around. There are. I mean, they're for next year. But look, yeah, we're nearly finished this year already. I didn't think it would go this fast with COVID. I really didn't. But it, but it has when you think it's September already, hasn't it? So there you go. So this is an interesting area. It's a Princess Cruises uh, pick a destination. They want a spotlight where they're introducing new itineraries to get us enthused. Um, and this is the Conflict Islands of Papua New Guinea. Now, that sounds a little bit dangerous. Well, as they say, islands. don't be put off by the name. The only conflict here is trying to decide whether to swim, snorkel, kayak or just lie under a palm tree. So it's 21 islands that sit around a rim of an ancient sunken volcano off New Guinea. So these are all, you know, quite unique islands that have not normally been visited. And the area around New Guinea, I can always remember a friend of mine many years ago, he went with some of the best diving in the world. The waters were so clear and he was an avid diver. So, you know, you are going to get beautiful and, and it's they're unpolluted. You know, they're pristine waters you're going to go there. So you can go there's a whole range of cruises starting from January next year, from ten days going all the way through, you know, to fifteen day itineraries. And they go to Milne Bay and they take in obviously some of them go as far as Guadalcanal and Honiara and the Solomon Islands as well, so not just New Guinea. So depending on the duration of the cruise, they've got some really interesting islands that they're visiting. So these range from, as I said, from January right through to about, I think, October next year. And they've got some special offers on at the moment, which are quite good. And believe it or not, in some categories of cabins have already sold out. So people are thinking of mm. travelling again. And a lot of these offers, though, which are quite 
uh, reasonable offers or uh, good value offers, should I say, um, and they all include the taxes, fees, all port expenses, everything's included in the cost, And but they have got reductions as well, but they finished, you've got to book by the end of September. Okay. So that's Princess Cruises. Now, Pernod, who's that wonderful French uh, cruise company that does expedition cruising as well, they've got uh, highlights of Southern Australia, which is uh, due to depart 27 March next year on Le Bayo, and it's a 13-day, 12-night itinerary, and that's going from Melbourne through to Fremantle. So you go down to King Island and, and onto the Tamar Valley, the Limestone Coast, South Australia, Kangaroo Island, Port Lincoln, Esperance, Albany and Fremantle. So a lovely, lovely itinerary highlighting that bottom part of, of southern Australia. And they've got a $1,000 flight credit per person to get you uh, if you need that down and back from you know, to Melbourne and from um, from Perth, obviously. Um, Intrepid, the Intrepid group have got uh, up to 40% off a select range of Antarctica voyages and cabins. So you can always dream of that white continent. And it does book out a long way ahead. It always has. Um, so 21... 22, um, and they still have 15 to 25% off a huge range of cabins and reduced deposits. And everyone's, as I said, got these wonderful, more relaxed cancellation fees now, which I think is, is the first time in our history. So it is quite a, an opportune time if you are still thinking of travelling. Um, and that offer also ends 30 September. And one just for home, El Cuestro, the homestead in 2021, they're offering a 15% rebate on a four-night package where you get daily gourmet uh, meals, sorry, a selection of wine, beer and spirits, your mini bars restocked daily, you get a lovely homestead experiences including the Chamberlain Cruise, guided gorge walks, exclusive use of the Zebedee Thermal Springs and much, much more. So it's 700,000 acres of yours to explore, so that's something wonderful that you could do if you're wanting to head up into that Broome Kimberley region, which is fabulous. It is. So there you go. We have and got some hot deals. We have indeed. So thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll enjoy our dreaming about travel and talk with you again next week after the one o'clock news, talking travel on to a new RFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from to a new RFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.